right, it's a shop around now. Mm-hmm. May I go tell you some things now? <laughs> Where? Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, almost. Mm-hmm. Where? Me in other business here for 30 years now. Mm-hmm. From 89, about 32 now. Mm-hmm. 89 till 2021. 1989 mm-hmm. and now, now 2021. May I go get a little journey with Shabaya now? All right. What you I never see that before, muscle. Mm-hmm. I never see it after. Mm. This episode is brought to you by TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com is your all access to culture. Check out cultural merchandise like leggings, hats, mini boxing gloves, and bags. Also, t shirts like hip hop, nature, rock bands, reggae, and dark fantasy. Fast shipping worldwide. That's TwoLinedMusicCutStore.com. Now, let's check out this episode. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? This is Muscle, and this is another Two-Line Music Cuts Entertainment Report podcast. And tonight, we have a really special guest in the building. Listen, if you've been to any reggae or dancehall concert in the past 30 years, I've guaranteed you've seen this man on stage back in any one of your favorite artists. You know we have in the building today, we have Ricardo Drummy Davis from the Rough Cut in the building today. What's going on, Big Boss? Blessings, enough love, love, and enough respect, and holy by love out the virgin. And may I tell you the truth? Mm-hmm. I've been watching your program for the past while now, a few years now, and trust me, mm-hmm. it's a pleasure being on your program, Virgin. Thank you. Pleasure, it's a pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having somebody like you that every time you turn on and you look at a show, 90% of the times you see you back there on the drums just beating it. You know what I mean? So it's yeah, my pleasure yeah, having somebody like you on the on the podcast today. Respect, man. Respect, man. All right. So if you watch, you know we like to go right from beginning and bring it right to 2021. So my first question for you is this. Where did you grow up in Jamaica? And what type of child were you? Okay, I was born in a little community called Standpipe in the Ligani area of Jamaica. That's right across from where the American embassies right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, I left that community when I was, even before I know myself, so to speak, and went a little down the road, which is Barbican Road, um, 20 Barbican Road. And that's where I grew up till about age 11. Mm-hmm. And that's where all the drumming started. Started playing drums from my was about five, six years old, you know? And I was self-taught. Were you you curious? Did you like music? What type of child were you back then? Oh, God, man. Um, Simple, simple, simple all the way until today. Simple, easygoing kid, you know? I was an easygoing kid, Mm -hmm. you know? And I did all the things that kids did, you know, play... You know, you know, in those times, run up and down. I lived in a yard where we would call a tenement yard in Jamaica. A lot of people live in that yard, different families. But we live together as friends, you know. We grew up real nice together, you know. Yeah, man. And we play together, do all of those stuff together. You know, that's where everything started. 20 Barbican Road. 20 Barbican you know? Road. And when did your interest in music start to develop? 
Well, um, growing up there was a little band. Um, the the landlord, the landlord for that yard. Um, they didn't live there, but they had a family member who lived there that plays bass. Mm. Um, his name is Robert. You know, and um, apparently he, he used to um rehearse with a band called Stardust. Not in the yard, but at some point they decided to start rehearsing at that particular premises. Mm-hmm. There was a building there and it was empty and he decided um, to start rehearsing there. You know, and that was when I was about five, six years old. Mm-hmm. And when the band started rehearsing there, I went and I saw them and immediately the drummer caught my attention and trust me mm-hmm. it's like I fell in love with drumming right at that moment you know so what I did I couldn't go and play the drums there so what I did I went and built myself a drum set <laughs> yeah because um, there was this lane supermarket close walking distance mm-hmm. from where I lived so I went there and the cheese, the cheese can. Um, I took the cheese can covers because mm-hmm. when they cut the cheese can to get the cheese from it, mm-hmm. you know, they, would, they had a garbage bin that they would dump the stuff in. So I took the cheese can covers and I took boxes from the garbage and I went home and nail double the covers, nail it on a board, <laughs> and that would be my Hyatt. Mm. And the box would be like my snare drum. So I didn't have any kick drum. Mm-hmm. So I had a hi-hat and, a, and a, the box would be my snare. You know? And to be honest, mm-hmm. I don't know how, but I just, everything that I see, saw the drummer did, mm-hmm. I would just go home to my, over by my house and I would just practice it. I would just do it. And... I've been doing that for a while till the drummer himself saw me and said, Whoa, this kid is special, mm-hmm. you know? So when they are rehearsing, I would go there and he would allow me to come inside the rehearsal room and just watch the proceedings. Okay. He didn't really teach me anything. I just looked and learned, you know? And from time to time, I, get, I got um, innovative and I realized that. I'm growing now and I have to build this drum set in a different way. Mm-hmm. And the other kids in the yard, you know, there were a, were a lot of boys living in the yard. M- myself, a youth named Cliffy, Donovan, Prince, I can't remember their names, mm-hmm. you know? Um, there was also a garage in the yard, a mechanical garage. Mm-hmm. They fixed cars and so the guys would get the um, the, the grill from the front of the cars and use it as their guitars. Wow. You know? Yeah. And I would be playing the drums and, you know? So I'd be calling myself Lydie, who was the drummer. Um, Deli was the guitarist. So the guy, who, the, the kid who was playing the guitar called himself Deli, who was playing the bass would call himself Robert. So we formed our little band, you know? And we were playing and playing. And to be honest, mm-hmm. at times we used to just set up out by our gate at the yard because people used to pass by 
and stuff, and say, and they were impressed, you know, and they would throw money at us and give us money, <laughs> so that encouraged us, you know. Mm -hmm. So we were playing, we were playing, and it was so good. I've, I've, um, I'm doing that from like six years old. Um, I remember this man was driving past at a point, <laughs> and he he invited, um, he invited us to come and perform at his house. Wow. So, yeah, so we pulled down the band and we went to his house, mm -hmm. perform, and he gave us a little money and we felt good, you know, and go back mm -hmm. home and stuff like that. And I did that for a few years and at age 11, mm -hmm. um, that particular yard, the, 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 the sold it. Okay. So everybody have to move now, which was so hurtful to me, you know. And the rest are guys, but um, I ended up at that, and that's what that was when I was at age ten, eleven. Okay. And I ended up a little further down the road, which is my community now, where I'm living, it, which is called Sandy Park. Okay. You know, and I remember one of the first thing when we were moving. I put on the truck was my drum set. <laughs> you know? Can't leave that. So I went down to Sandy Park and continue what I was doing. Mm -hmm. Um, I remember the first time I set up my drum set around my backyard in Sandy Park. The whole community came out. Believe me, it was like a big stage where everyone in the community came out. Mm -hmm. You know, and they were marveled at what I was doing, you know. And at this and time, it was still just the um, the the pans and all of these stuff here? Where yes, you had just got the pans, you know. Okay, so you but didn't get be, a big jump set yet. Yeah. yeah, but I improved on it, you know. I built it and it, it started to look like a real jump set now because I had my kick drum and mm -hmm. I said, it, you'd have to see it to believe it. Yeah. Um, One of the things I reg regret now I, I had a video with it. Someone videotaped me. Okay. And um, I had that for years. Mm -hmm. And somehow it got missed. Miss mm -hmm. That, I regret that. But anyway, I was playing and playing there. Playing there. Um, I remember listening to Sagittarius Band on cassette. Mm -hmm. Rhythm Kings Band on cassette. Mm-hmm. Light Parks, backing Gregory Isaac, Dean Fraser, and 809, backing different artists, Dennis Brown, Gregory, you name it, mm -hmm. Barry Salmon. So what I would do, um, I would go and get um, the cassette. I would go and buy the cassette okay. as a little kid, save my lunch money. Um, I went downtown and buy those cassettes and then put it in a little tape deck and play and Follow. That's how I practice. <laughs> anything so nobody, I hear, the job I'm doing. At this point, nobody actually taught you to play anything at this point here yet. Huh? Nobody. I, nobody. At no time at all. It was just me listening Sagittarius, listening Rhythm Kings. As the stage shows come out, I'll go and buy the the cassettes. Because that's how it um, goes at, at those times. They would... Um, the shows would have, um, they would have do, done this, the concerts. Yeah. Like the Sting, you name the shows. The Fresh, 
Mm-hmm. You know, there were a lot of shows kept in um, cinema, cinema too at the time. Mm-hmm. You know, and as the, as the shows finish, then um, Jackson or whosoever would tape it and then the, the sold cassette on the roads. So that's how I would go and buy the cassettes mm-hmm. with my little lunch money that I save and come home and put it in the deck and you hear um, pinchers them, you hear Admiral Bailey, you hear Lieutenant mm-hmm. Stitchy, Papa Sandem, Tiger, which was one of my favorite DJ at the time, mm-hmm. and Derek and Dr. Paul, them Derek in a Rhythm Kings, Dr. Paul in a Derek in a Sagittarius, Dr. Paul in a Rhythm Kings. Okay. And I would be listening to those bands and playing and hoping one day that I'll get the chance, you know? To do something like that. And I did that for a few years. Anytime I need a little money, you know, I would take it and go out in the square, so to speak, what we call it square. Yeah. Set up, I had a little youth DJing that time. A youth called Happy. Mm-hmm. I had um, another youth, Johnny Cool. A next youth who, um, Little Richie, mm-hmm. you know? A youth called Silver Kid, where they would have come and DJ and play. So we just set up in the square and we go play and we collect money. Hmm. Anytime we broke money, I want to collect money to go cook some food. Yeah. <laughs> we just got set up with a sure, sure money making thing at the time. We get me like a 50 cent, mm-hmm. me like a 10 cent at the time and it add up and, you know, it was fun while it last. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we usually keep some little state shows like on a Friday night, you know. There is this um man in the community called Mr. Brendan. Mm-hmm. He owns a wholesale in the community. A big wholesale in the community. That's where everybody went and buy away food and stuff and cook or my mom cook. Mm-hmm. You know? And he used to give us his premises to come and perform. You know? And that was wonderful. The whole community came out, man, and that was lovely. And there's another thing, um, the people then, because one of the things that um, I used to use and make my drum set was um, the barrel. You know, those barrels that people would send yes. from America, send stuff mm-hmm. to their family members in Jamaica. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So anybody will get them barrel in, in Sandy Park, they know that drummer come feet. Because <laughs> from them times, everybody called me drummer, you know, drummer, drummer, yeah. you know? So at that point, when I was about 11, mm-hmm. I attended um, Providence Primary School. Mm-hmm. And from there, I went to Papine Secondary, which is now Papine High. Yeah. You know? And right through those times, I've been playing my old pan, playing my old pan. Um, when I got to about 15, 16, I remember my electrical in- installation teacher had a band in Portmore. I told him I'm a little drummer mm-hmm. and he used to let me come over there. Just watch the proceedings while they were rehearsing. Um, you know? Mm-hmm. And that was a wonderful moment. Um, I left school at age 17. Okay. I didn't graduate. Mm-hmm. I left and I went to the cleaner company to work okay. as a messenger. Okay. And I remember we had a stage show, just like one of them little stage show we had planned mm-hmm. in my community. And when 
I was working and I had to leave work to come and do the stage show. And trust me, mm -hmm. um, there was nothing important to me like playing my drums. So I actually left work before time and I got fired. <laughs> <laughs> so it was all drums. Yeah. So again, give me a little moment. Now I remember um, playing my um, playing my drums in Sandy Park, and there was this guy who loved what I was doing. We call him Dude, you know. Yeah. And he used to come and say, "You youth, Chano, this is what you're doing, man. Trust me. <laughs> you have to make it. You have to make it." And I remember, if I don't know, I don't know if you remember this. Um, musician Sangi Davis, he was the one who wrote Um, Girly Girly for Sophia Charge. Yes, yes, yes. Young man, you too, girly girly. Mm -hmm. So, um, he had a baby mother living next door to me, mm -hmm. and he used to come visit her. And he saw me playing the drums, and I remember he said, No, man, this is not normal. You have to make it. You build your own drum set. Yeah. And it took me, because he's a Rasta, you know, and he took me down by 12 Tribe. Mm -hmm. And then again, there again, I started watching them performing. I love was playing the drums at the time. Okay. I think Steely was there. And Ooh. I didn't know them at the time, but later on, when I got into the business, I get to realize that Steely was a part of that band. And I used to go and just watch them. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, I have to say my mom was very supportive. My okay. sisters, you know, they were very supportive of me um, playing the drums, you know? Mm -hmm. um, I used to get the time. My mom used to let me out because, to be honest, um, although I grew up in the ghetto, my mom was, was kind of strict on me. Yeah. I wasn't as free as my friends, you know, but once it's the music, mm -hmm. she would let me go and play my drums, you know? And when I'm playing... Yeah, man, and when I was playing um, in my backyard, mm -hmm. you know, at times, then the neighbors, the boy, I make too much noise, I'm here, you know? <laughs> and then the next time you hear them say, make the boy play, you know? And that's, that's natural, you know? Yeah. Sometimes... They're all for it. And, and another time, they would say, can't take it, too much noise I made, you know, but for the better part, they were really with it, you know, with it. And that was good also. Mm -hmm. um, so um, I remember now, I stopped playing the drums, you know. I remember stopped playing the drums mm -hmm. totally. And there was this guy who had a, a little shop in my community. Mm -hmm. So I started working with him. You know? Working with him. Um, I remember now, as I said, I was like 17. Mm -hmm. I remember pushing a wheelbarrow with bottles, going to, to the depot to sell the bottles for him, and then I would buy drinks or beer. Mm -hmm. And I remember the same guy, dude, look at me and said to me, say, Look, my you're worthless life. Mm -hmm. You're a little drummer. And mm -hmm. before you go pray for Sagittarius drummer, dead, and you get the work. <laughs> Look what you do. You know? He said it jokingly, mm -hmm. but it it hurt me so much. Mm -hmm. I felt so bad when he said it. You know? 
I remember I put on the wheelbarrow, and that's the last time I did that. Mm. So I remember now some of my friends, um, there was this Labor Day concert yeah. down by King's House, which is just down the road mm -hmm. from where Sandy Park is where I live. And um, it was Rhythm Kings playing for Shabarangs and Crystal had that big hit, twice my age. Mm -hmm. And Rhythm Kings was the backing band for the Labor Day concert. Fab Five play early and then Rhythm Kings. And mm. me and some of my friends went to the concert. When we go to the concert, um, I watched the concert. Um, Shaba was awesome that night with Crystal. And I remember my friends, I just disappeared after the concert. I left them. Mm -hmm. And I went around the back and I saw Dr. Paul. He just came off stage and he had a red bass guitar and he was packing up and I went straight to him. Mm -hmm. And I said, why? I'm a little drummer, you know, and I'm learning, you know. And he said to me, um, come and check me down by a queer student half a tree on okay. Monday. Yeah. I remember that like it was yesterday and I went down there. Hmm. Walk to half a tree. I didn't have any money. Walk from where I live to half a tree and I wait and I wait and I saw him. He drove in and he said, Oh, the little youth. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll rehearse at a place called Elspeth Avenue. Mm -hmm. That's Rhythm King's headquarters. That's where Rhythm King would rehearse. Okay. And I remember went to the rehearsal and I saw people like. Richie Stevens rehearsing, all the big names. Yeah. Little Kirk, you know, always who at the time were rehearsing. And trust me, that that uh, that was special to me, but I felt so special because here am I, close to all the artists, mm -hmm. you know, that I wanted to see. And I'm going to go further Um, earlier. Mm -hmm. I'm going to track back a little before I go there. Okay. I remember when I was living same place by Barbican Road. Mm -hmm. Um, there was a street dance that used to keep every during the festival time. Yeah, they had a street dance. I remember. Um, it kept on Ligani Lane Plaza in Ligani, mm -hmm. and there were performances from Yellow Man, um, Sassafras. Mm. Peter Metro, who called on Tanto Metro as a little kid at the time. Um, that, that time I was like nine years old. Mm -hmm. Peter Metro, um, Carleen Davis. And I can tell you something. The bass player in that band at the time, it, it was Seventh Extension. Yes. Was a guy called Benji, oh. who is now the bass player in my band, Rough Cut. Mm -hmm. Where I was like 10 years old, 9, 10. Yeah. At the time, watching Benji playing for all those artists. You know? That's crazy. And, um, I remember there was another concert at the same venue. Mm -hmm. And the band didn't come at the time. And I set up my little old pan out there in Ligani. <laughs> and trust me, trust me, it was... Oh, God, people, 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 and they were all talking about this kid playing okay. the drum, you know? Yeah. So, anyway, 
in when I when I was when I started um watching the rehearsal now, Dr. Paul decided to form form a band which is the rough cut. To be honest, when I went there, rough cut was already formed. Okay, and what you know, year is it? They had a drummer there who was playing for the band. And he left mm -hmm. and started. Um, he went to England with um, OMT. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And that's how they, I, I, they dropped me in the band now. And I started rehearsing with Rough Cut, Nigel Staff, Colin White. There was a guy, Henry on bass. So we were like Rhythm King's side band. Got you. You know? So this was like yeah. the younger, the younger musicians are in right. got you. Right. Mm -hmm. So when Rhythm Kings don't rehearse, we would go in and we start rehearsing our, we use Re Rhythm Kings equipment. Yeah. And that's how we get our practice. We were just there playing. Dr. Paul had we there playing and rehearsing. Um, But I remember the songs that we were playing now, um, I remember one day I say, yo, this is too hard, man. I can't manage this. <laughs> and I didn't go to the rehearsal for like two weeks. <laughs> and the band leader at the time, Colin White, who was the guitarist. Yeah. Like he didn't see me coming to rehearsal and he came back. He came to my community and found me and said, you want to do Oh, we don't see a rehearsal. And I said, boy, I can't manage it, you know. And I remember him saying to me, Yo, I see something in, in you that not even you yourself is seeing. So hear what you're going to do. Come to rehearsal. Crazy. You know? Mm -hmm. And I started rehearsing again. And But the bass player at the time, he was, you know, he wasn't up to par, mm -hmm. so to speak. And um, so he stopped coming. And the band, at one point, Rough Cut was like two members, me and... Same Colin White. So he put down the guitar and started playing his bit, the bass. Yeah. So me and him would be going around here and practicing at night, just two of us. Hmm. Set up Rhythm Kings drum set and we start practicing. And till even the Rhythm Kings members were saying, wait, I saw a rabbit this because it was just two of us. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I remember one particular night, Nigel, the keyboard player, mm -hmm. um, he came to on South and he and yeah, and Colin White had a little argument, and Colin said, oh, you know, come on. They, they, they were practically, practically cursing, okay. you know? And I remember Nigel said, anytime you get a set of competent musicians, you'll have me. Mm. And Colin said to him, um, well, since you want a set of competent musicians, go and find a bass player, mm. which he did. Yeah. He went and he found a bass player. Um we had Prince Maida singing. Um you know, and that bass player was a guy from Mandeville where Nigel came from. We call him Bali. And so he then... came in and Bali and we started rehearsing you now and the, the latest songs, you name the song, once it's a hit song, we'll be around here. I remember um, this song, Forbidden Love. Mm -hmm. The drum track was so hard to play. I told myself I cannot play. Mm -hmm. And I remember Nigel, who is a keyboard player, came and he said, I can't do it. Yeah. 
And he actually tell me, do this with your left hand and do this with your right hand. Mm-hmm. And when I found myself playing, I, I said, wow. Mm-hmm. You know? Because remember, you know, this is a drummer who no school, nothing, right? Backyard drumming. So you're just looking at what you've seen and people are giving you some coaching along the way. Right. No teaching from nobody. All my drumming was in my backyard. Crazy. What I heard, I play. What I see, I play. That's how I learned drumming. Anyway, you know, when I started playing that drum track, I felt like a drummer now. Okay. Because Nigel taught me a drum track, and I said, wow. Mm-hmm. You know? And Nigel, I have to say this, Nigel was so supportive mm-hmm. of me from day one. I remember I live in Ligani, which is Sandy Park, and I had to walk mm-hmm. from Ligani to rehearsal, which is on Ugly Park Road. Mm-hmm. You know, Nigel, his parents send him to Yui. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to be at the university studying, but at times he would be coming to rehearsal. So when I when we finished rehearsing, Nigel had his taxi fare, his bus fare, everything. I had nothing. What Nigel would do is walk with me from from Adley Park Road to Ligani where I live. He remember, you know. Him don't have to do that. No, not at all. Him have him bus fear of everything. Mm-hmm. He walked with me and while walking, we are talking night after night to Ligani. When we get to Ligani, that's where he take his taxi. To you. Crazy. And we did that nights after nights, muscles. Trust me. And okay, before we even go too far, what year did you join Rough Cut at this time here now? That was 1989. Okay. So all this was happening in 1989. Mm-hmm. And we weren't looking for money. We loved what we did so much that we, we, we were just playing music. Mm-hmm. It wasn't about money. Nothing else was on our mind but just music, music, music. Mm-hmm. You know, when Rhythm Kings had um, their shows, you know, we would, Dr. Paul would make sure we, we, we go and watch them and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I remember Nigel would get his chance to play at Fort Clarence and stuff. <laughs> I didn't get a chance, but there's, I'm going to tell you something, Muscle. Okay. There was this particular night where Rhythm Kings had a performance at um, Jesse Ripoll Primary School. Mm-hmm. It was their barbecue and they had to back um, Gregory Isaac that night. Mm. And the drummer, for some reason, was not showing up. And I, I was there and I was praying, please don't let him come. <laughs> don't let him come. One opportunity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Paula said, you have to play for Gregory tonight. You know, I say, yeah, man, I'm ready. Mm. And you see, I never forgot to play the first note muscle. I drum it just step in. Mm. They say, oh, God, man, because I wanted to show what I can do. You're eager. That, you're uh, ready. Yeah, I was ready, man. But anyway, um, rough cut now. We started doing shows, opening the shows that um, Rhythm Kings were on. Mm-hmm. Started opening opening the shows, play early, and you know the feedback was good because we had a lead singer there, and we were singing 
we were playing the latest hit songs. Okay. They were like, don't turn around. Um, White World by Maxi Priest. Mm. Um, all the big songs, Forbidden Love. Once the songs hit, yeah. we would be playing those songs. And um, that's how we got our practice. And you when know, you guys and were opening up, at this time, how many members were in Rough Cut at this time here? Five members. It was five. Yeah, me, myself, on drums. You were, I had Prince Midas was singing, mm -hmm. Colin White on guitar, Nigel Staff playing keyboards, and um, Bali on, on bass, that guy from Mandeville. Got you. Um, so we were opening the shows, and um, there was this club called Epiphany. That's where we started doing a lot of Thursday night gigs, you know? We were backing whoever artists were passing through. Mm -hmm. We would be playing. I remember playing for Michigan and Smiley, Ed Robinson. You know, that's where we get, got our practice, so to speak. Um, so there, there came a time now when Dr. Paul and Rhythm Kings had some differences. Mm -hmm. Up to today, I don't know what happened. You know, he didn't tell us. And he decided now to leave Rhythm Kings mm -hmm. and came to Rough Cut at the time. Okay. The great Dr. Paul and Bass. Because remember, you know, those times you had Sagittarius and Rhythm Kings. Mm -hmm. When you look at the concerts, if it's not Sagittarius backing the show, it's Rhythm Kings. Okay. You know? And Dr. Paul and Bass for Rhythm Kings, Derek Barnett and Bass for Sagitt. And, you know? Um, Dr. Paul now coming over to Rough Cut now, and that's when I say to myself, well, the great Dr. Paul mm -hmm. leaving Rhythm Kings and coming over to Rough Cut. I know this is where my time with Rough Cut comes to an end because this great musician for me as a little backyard drummer, mm -hmm. me now can't keep up to this. I'm one of the best drummers. Yeah, play. Dr. Paul, I go on one of the best drummers here play. And anyway, he came over and we started rehearsing. At this point now, the rehearsal moved because he, he man Rhythm King fall, fell out. So mm -hmm. the rehearsal moved from there and we get this little building in New Kingston where we started rehearsing. Mm -hmm. And I realized I rehearsed and I, don't, I didn't see any drummer came in. So I realized, say, wait. <laughs> and me, I mean, I play him and I said, I'm talking about a driving a drummer. Yeah. Anyway, um, what happened? Dr. Paul's respect in the business was so big at the time mm -hmm. that um, all the work that Rhythm Kings were supposed to be getting now fell on a rough cut. Mm. So I found myself started playing for Gregory Isaac. Ninja Man, we start doing the barbecues, Walmart barbecue, mm -hmm. Campion barbecue, Union the High School. Rough Cut is doing those barbecues. And I remember um, Ninja Man kept on saying, Who are my band this? Because the first concert I did with Ninja Man was Campion barbecue. And yeah. then we did Walmart barbecue. And mm -hmm. trust me, so we, we, we started doing. Most of Ninja Man work concerts. Okay. He kept a show for himself at 
Club Inferno. We were the, the, the backing band. So we were doing a lot of shows with Ninja Man. Mm -hmm. um, playing for Ninja Man was really a, a, an experience, you know? And why, why would you say that? What did, what did you encounter with Ninja Man? when you're just getting into the business now, how was it actually playing for somebody like him? Because you know Ninja Man is very spontaneous on stage. Yeah. Remember, you know, that particular time, it was Ninja Shaba. Ninja mm -hmm. Shaba. You remember that rivalry? Mm -hmm. Of course. And Yeah, so um, it was, trust me, it was, it was amazing, man. The, 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 the response from the, the crowd at the time and, you know, um, but to be honest, um, we we were doing most of our concert was with concerts was with um, Gregory and Ninja Man, Gregory Isaac, mm -hmm. and um, I remember the first time leaving Jamaica. Okay. We were the, um, we went to Antigua mm -hmm. with Flower Gun, Red Dragon, Sanchez, and the show didn't happen the night. Okay. And I remember Dr. Paul was prepping me up to go and sing. Because hmm. Dr. Paul, we wanted to do the show so that we can collect our money and come home, you know? <laughs> so, to be honest, I could have I do a little singing at the time, you know? Okay. So we were practicing and playing and singing. And anyway, um, the show didn't happen. So we came back to Jamaica. And the next show I did was a show in Martinique with Gregory Isaac. Okay. Oh my. Sold out crowd. Gregory tore down the place, man. And Gregory started. My band And you know? So we were there. I remember now. If you remember the the, the clash with Shaba and Ninja Man. At Sting. At Sting. Remember now, you know, at this at this point, no, no, we are Ninja Man's band, you know. Mm. Um, Ninja did the Clash at Sting, which was backed by Sagittarius Band. Okay. And you know, you 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 know you know what happened at that mm -hmm. that clash, you know. So there was this show now because remember Shaba Ranks was down now, you know. Yeah. Based on what happened, you remember what happened, Shaba's. Shabbat spirit was down. So we had this show now in, it's called Reggae Ram Jam. Yes, yes. It yes. kept on um, in Clarendon, then be showground. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is my first big show now. Okay. We may go back, may go back a lot of artists now. Hmm. Ninja Man, Shabarangs, Gregory Isaac, Peter Metro, Tiger, you name the artist that time. We were the backing band on that show. Um, the show was wonderful. What Richie Stevens was on the show. Okay. Oh, God, man. Everybody just appeared on the place. Hmm. So I remember Shabarangs came to Dr. Paul and backstage and said, if a ninja man banned this, and then play for me, so. I want to ban you, know. Okay. And you see, when Shabbat said that mm -hmm. to Dr. Paul and 
management. Talk to Dr. Paul, that was specialist at the time who was managing Shaba. Mm-hmm. And trust me, muscle. All right, this is Shaba Ranks now. Mm-hmm. May I go tell you some things now? <laughs> Where? Mm-hmm. Listen, listen, no muscle. Mm-hmm. Where? Me in other business, you have 30 years now. Mm-hmm. From 89, about 32 now. Mm-hmm. 89. Till 2021, 1989, mm-hmm. and now, now 2021. May I go give you a little journey with Shabaya now? All right. Well, we never, never see that before, muscle. Mm-hmm. And we never see it after. Mm-hmm. We start playing for Shabaya. Um, I remember the no, first engagement with Shabaya because we were doing some shows in Jamaica now. Because at that point, no, no. Mm-hmm. Rough cut a play all of the local shows now. Because it, shows. so it's rough cut and Sagittarius band is around because Rhythm King is not right. around right now. Right. right. There's no Rhythm Kings though. Mm-hmm. Rhythm Kings are there. Mm-hmm. But to be honest, no disrespect. Mm-hmm. Great musicians and everything. But Dr. Paul was the face of Rhythm Kings. Got you. You understand? Dr. Paul was the person who the people saw at the time and was seeing at the time mm-hmm. you know so when dr paul left and came over to rough cut rough cut automatically became that band got you so it was sagittarius and rough cut now mm-hmm. and at this time you know anytime me up on a show with sagittarius you know me it on idiot you know me starstruck <laughs> because as much as we were groomed around Rhythm Kings. Mm-hmm. No disrespect, but Sagittarius was my band. Mm-hmm. Most of my practicing, you remember that little tape deck thing when I tell you, may I play? Yeah. A Sagittarius, may I listen most of the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, Rhythm Kings was there, but most of the shows are Sagittarius. And I was, uh, to be honest, although I was playing drums, mm-hmm. I was so impressed with, with Derek Barnett, mm-hmm. the visuals. Mm-hmm. His excitement on stage. Mm-hmm. And I remember at one point, I told myself that um, Derek is so good at what he does. Mm-hmm. I told myself, I want to be the, the Derek Barnett on drums. <laughs> I told myself that. You know, because, you know, I, I told myself that. I said, I want to do some things that some drummer, drummers have never done. Mm-hmm. You know, so I was like, when I was playing my drummers, you know, I was like, that, some people told me that you, you're not only playing the drum, you're, you're performing, you're dancing. Mm-hmm. You're like a dance around your drum. Mm-hmm. And when I see nobody playing a dance, great drummers, great drummers are there, but they are just playing. Yeah. You're playing and you're performing and you're dancing <laughs> and you're doing stuff that we have never seen. Yeah, you know, and uh, um, in those times, the focus was on bass players. I can remember that. Mm-hmm. It was on yeah. Watch when it, when when Sachi a player, Derek, the focus upon, and when Rhythm Kings a player, a Doctor Paul, the focus upon. Yeah, you know, as the you know as the leader, and well, um, as I said, I was starstruck when I was 
around Derek Barnett, you know, because this man, trust me, him, him, he had me, man. Had me, you know? So, um, I remember at, um, at a particular show, and Derek was on stage playing. He was playing for Yellow Man. Mm-hmm. And I, I was on the stage watching because I get a chance with the close to the great Derek Barnett now, Saji, my band. And Derek are playing, come over with me there and juke off me with the bass, I remember. <laughs> and they said, and then I said, wait, you know me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that moment, you know me, I said, yeah, the great Derek Barnett, that's that no normal. Mm-hmm. You know, anyway, I, by this time, I've been, begun um, going into my own little little stars, so to speak, you know? Mm-hmm. Um. So we, we're doing all the shows in Jamaica now. If on a Saji, it's a rough cut. Mm-hmm. You know, so by this time now, we started touring with Chaba. I remember the first concert that we actually left Jamaica to go and do with um, Shaba Ranks mm-hmm. was in Japan. Yes, I remember we get a little um, in-transit visa. Mm-hmm. Because by this time, um, my sisters were living in America for a few years. So I was just home, me, my brother, and my mom. Mm-hmm. You know? And by this time, me, I still my mommy little baby, you know? So me, I leave Jamaica. My, mother, my mom would have, would say to the guitarist, yo, please take care of him for me, you know? Still that baby thing there. <laughs> the treatment that me I get, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I remember... We had an in-transit visa, so we would um, overnight in New York. I remember we stayed at the the holiday in New York, and then we'd catch a flight to Japan mm-hmm. the next morning. And I remember um, calling my sister, who is living in New York, and I said to her, I'm in New York, and she said, liar, tell me, and I said, oh, yes, man, New York, me there. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And she said, I remember she saying, um, I'm coming for you. No, you're not going to go back to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I said, I must be mad, you mad man. <laughs> me, I do the, the thing where me love the most. Mm-hmm. And you're going to tell me about, no, nah, go back to Jamaica. Because I must remember, you know, in a damn time, there, you know, mm-hmm. as a man get a little chance, you know, I'm gone. You reach New York. Mm-hmm. You can remember, even DJs. Mm-hmm. Some DJ get a little break and have a one song. Do a show in New York, you hear them call it run off. Mm-hmm. Come on, run off. You now go back to Jamaica. Mm-hmm. And my sister said, Oh, my brother, I'm confident. You now go back. I say, You must be mad. <laughs> Take my flight in the morning. Go to Japan. Shabba, tear down Japan, man. Mm. Shabba, let me tell you something, man. The star. That, that guy there was, man, and yeah. still is. Mm-hmm. The man, so um, I remember now, we came home and specialist took us in and we got our work permit now. Mm-hmm. And the first show we came to the U.S. to do was a show at the Apollo with Shabarangs where it was, he did um two concerts in one night. Oh mm. my God, muscle. The man ram jump pack Apollo Theater. Mm-hmm. Level down the show. Then them empty out the show. 
and run up at the place again with a different audience and shabba wreck it again. Mm. And them time they know me say, wow, this guy is a special person. Mm -hmm. This man do something with dance where at the time unheard of. Mm -hmm. So there we go. Started touring with Shabba the US. Muscle, let me tell you something. Remember, me I tell you something. There are some things where this man do where me never see before and me never see it after. Yes. Shabba, we had the shows with Shabba. And when the show finished, mm -hmm. almost all the females in the show <laughs> follow the tour bus back to the hotel. Girl come like a demo in the hotel. Or them have room there for 13 nights straight. Shout out them flat the hotel. Yeah, man, security. Have security have problem, man. They come like them live there. Come like them check in. Some man do it, but them do it. Maybe it happened tonight and sometimes Shabba do that every single night. Mm. Um, When me a tour with Shabba, you know, must mm. have some venues because member you know, me and Nigel are the youngest members in the band. Okay, at this time here yeah, right we, now. Yeah, we are the youngest members in, in the band. We are like 18 years old. Creep. There are some venues that we are performing in where you have to be 21 and over to perform. Yes. And I remember Shabba them have a smuggle wing of them venue there. You know? Because we are the babies in the band and we are, we are touring with Shabba and we are learning the ropes at the road and started touring with Shabba, man. That, that experience mm -hmm. is second to none, man. The man of every venue filled to capacity every night. At that point, no, Richie Stevens, Ghost and Culture, Patra, Mad Cabra. Mm -hmm. When Richie Stevens and Cabra don't perform, you know, mm -hmm. you say, what Shabba going to do now when him come on? You know? Let me tell you something. Shabba don't have to say a word, just in presence. When him walk out on a stage, mm -hmm. the impact where Shabba keep the audience there, the, the frenzy that we see, Bridget. Trust me, all me on the stage get ghost pimples, man. <laughs> Why? Oh, gosh, man. The man, the man was, was such a phenomenon, man. Mm -hmm. Trust me. And by this, this time was, now, this was all before the Grammys came in. The, all before the Grammys. Mm -hmm. All before the Grammys. This man just had teared up the whole place. Mm -hmm. When we got New York, um, yeah, people like David Levy would be keeping the shows. Mm -hmm. We play. We're performing at places like Beacon Theater. Um, we're performing to, in some venues that we need up on the stage. The stage uh, a spin. Hmm. So by this time of day, as I play my drum, and I look, I reach around the so. <laughs> I the hotels that we are staying in, I see them type of hotel, the, 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 the people that are come to Shabba shows, me in a Shabba concert, and when you look, you see Wesley Snipe, um, Janet Jackson over the corner there. You know them where they yeah. And, you know, it, it, it's an experience, man. That was an experience. We're, we're on tour mm -hmm. for months with Chabarangs, and you know, when you're touring now, you know, you become one family, you know. For sure. Because remember, you know, you're away from home, mm -hmm. so all we have when we're out there are us, 
You know? Sure. There's no body, if not, not the drum here, a shabba or bassy or gitsy. Mm -hmm. You know? And throughout my time playing, you know, my book up in some some songs where we have to play and Nigel staff again. Yeah. Him always I say, yo, you can't do it. Some rhythm come out and he must say, what are you, man? And him actually I say, do that and do that. And, you know, the, the, the members of the band were so helpful towards me because, you know, all the guys in my band were people where, who went to university and all this stuff. Okay. I'm like, they only get a youth in the band. Mm, so everybody you know? was was trained for these to play these instruments right You're the only one that picked it up. yes straight off of the street mm -hmm. and the people the, even my band members mm -hmm. they all were were in 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 a art to see what i'm doing like how oh, can this be this kid nowhere he went nowhere to train and just come and mm -hmm. you know out there, Dr. Paul, the band leader, always said, Are you yeah. I remember one day Dr. Paul said to me, say, It's when I'm done with you, mm -hmm. you're going to be one of the wickedest things about you. Dr. Paul said that to me. Hmm. You know, and I remember that every time, man, every time. You know, and we started, as I said, touring with Shaba. Shaba won the Grammy and we started playing in, in bigger venues now. Mm -hmm. And here comes the Bobby Brown tour. Listen, listen. This is the one I need to hear because I remember hearing about this from in Canada from way back when. So mm -hmm. Bobby, take your time with this tour right here. This Bobby this, Brown tour. This yeah. is something. Mm -hmm. This this was an experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Bobby Brown himself request. Mm -hmm. Shabarans was requested by Bobby Brown to tour with him. Yeah. They had TLC opening the show, then Mary J. Blige, then comes Shabarans, then Bobby Brown. The first night we performed, because mm -hmm. remember now, no, we're playing in big convention centers. Mm -hmm. That's where we're, we're performing now. And I remember the first night when I saw TLC performing, they had a little house on the stage mm -hmm. and the three of them kind of burst through a, a glass thing and, you know, mm -hmm. that was... And then you had um, Mary J. Blige who had an a, a elevator, took her up on the, on okay. the stage and that was another... Wow moment for me. Mm -hmm. And here comes Shabarangs, just walk out. <laughs> and when him just walk out, yeah. it come like who performed before him? And who coming after him? Them not existing. Mm. TLC do them thing. I remember the first night me, Sav, and the lead singer mm -hmm. went in the audience to watch the performance. And I remember when Bobby had this big elevator carrying him up in the air. And when he jumped from up there, mm -hmm. there was this big explosion. 
Okay. I wanted to run the night because <laughs> I want, I want, we were wondering what was happening. Yeah. But we looked around and no one were running. So we realized, uh, oh, that was a part of the, the, the act, you know? And those things, we have, we, have, we have never seen it before. I remember um, setting up my drum set the first night. Mm -hmm. From we went to the first sound check and we set up our drum set. All we did for the rest of the tour was just go out and play. Mm. Everything set the same way every night. Okay. From me set up my drum set. Everything in place. I, I, I don't have to adjust anything. Mm. Everything is set. The sound is the same sound you get every night. All we had to do was just come and play when it's our time to play. Mm -hmm. And trust me, everybody had something big doing. Bobby Brown, the elevator, TLC, this house on the stage, Mary J. All we did, our guitarists walked out and played Bam Bam Reading. Ding, ding, <laughs> ding, 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 ding. And muscle, you know want to see the audience. Mm. You know want to see what happened in the crowd. So by this time, it's all about Shabba. Shabba take the whole tour. Shabba mm -hmm. take the tour, man. The man I kill it. Bobby Brown, till Bobby Brown starts singing reggae now. I know a little boy named Bobby. <laughs> and by this time now, you know, I remember a particular night. Yeah, muscle. I remember a particular night I was walking backstage at the venue. When I look over there, it's Janet Jackson. I saw her sit down. I went to her, asked her for a picture, took a picture. I look yeah. over there, I say, um, Casey and Jojo, mm. look over there. You know, these were the people we were mingling with at that point. These were the people coming to Shabarang's concert, you know? And as and you said, too, this is, you're fresh on the road. You're not fresh. a seizing veteran. You're fresh on the road. Fresh on the road. We're not used to nothing like this. Mm -hmm. Um, Shabarangs was such such a, a, a star, man. You wouldn't believe, man. Mm -hmm. So anyway, um, I remember um, this particular night we were walking in. And yeah, you talk about 19, about 1992 now, you know. Yes. And I walked in and I came face to face with Whitney Houston. She was actually pregnant at that point with her daughter and she walked straight to me <laughs> and asked me can you do the bogle dance for me please and she was like begging me me nobody <laughs> me out of all the persons in the muscle mm -hmm. me we can dance <laughs> lucky enough one of shabarang's dancers at the time mm -hmm. were just coming into the venue and i said do the bogle dance for her and she started and whitney was all excited you know, big belly. Because mm. at this time, she was in an advanced stage mm -hmm. of pregnancy, you know, with her daughter. Yeah. And that was another moment where, you know, and Shaba was tearing up the tour, tearing up the tour. So this particular night, now we got to um, Madison Square Garden. Okay. This is a big one now, and Shaba had a, we had an extra plan for the, the, the people now. Mm. And I remember um, Diana King, 
Mm. She was the vocalist who sang all the songs that Shabba sang with a female artist, Mr. Lover Man, mm -hmm. Champion Lover, Twice My Age, all those songs. Diana King was the female singer who Shabba would call on, and he had a performance with her in, in a particular song. Yeah. So that particular night, um, he was singing Mr. Loverman, and she wore two underwear that particular night. Mm. And Shabba had a little um, a sexual thing that he did mm. in, the, in that song. You know, like you tell her, bend over, and <laughs> you know, he would step over to her, and then she would go down and take off one of the underwear, you know, and hold it up in her hand like this, and mm -hmm. Shabba take it and put it in her back pocket and <laughs> Madison Garden tear down in a muscle. When me say tear down in a man, mm -hmm. the man rip up the place, you know. Mm -hmm. So all you can hear about on the tour is Shabba Shabaran. And he did such a wonderful job that they had to kick us off the tour, man. Yes, after I, that part, I heard this. After, yes. After that particular night, Bobby, mm -hmm. them couldn't take no more pressure, man. <laughs> so Shabba was actually paid off. He was paid in full. And we were kicked off the door. But what a lot of people don't realize is Bobby Brown's not a stand-up and sing performer. Bobby's a performer too, you know, boss. Thank you very much. So Thank then you. for Shabba to give Bobby Brown that type of run for his money. You oh, know, my God, man. And, and remember, I'm a Muslim. Mm -hmm. I told you, you know. You're saying Bobby is such a performer. Mm -hmm. Remember, you know, I went in the, in, inside the audience and watched this man, you know. Mm -hmm. And this guy is doing some unbelievable things on stage. But mm -hmm. what happened there was Mary J. Blige were, was doing the same type of songs that, Shabba, um, that Bobby was doing. Mm -hmm. TLC was also doing the same type of songs. Shabba Ranks was doing dance and coming straight out of Jamaica. Mm -hmm. This the people. This is a whole different feeling. They, they, they are not used to this. Yeah. This energy, this oh God man, and this man, Shaba had such a such a power when he stepped out on a stage, you know, man. Mm -hmm. Trust me, you know, man. This man became such a star. And we are they, they actually kicked us off the tour. So um, by this time now we were touring on what did they tell um, you guys why they let you guys off at the tour? What was what did they say to you guys, come to you guys and say? Well, um, at that point, you remember the the the, the gay issue. Mm. They used that as, as one of the reasons. God. That was used as their reason. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. And but really and truly, we didn't beat them bad. Yeah. Bad, bad, bad. <laughs> the last time I heard a Jamaican artist did that was Bob Marley mm -hmm. with, I think, the Commodores. Okay. Yeah. Um, um, you can look up that. Um, the Commodores, they invited um, Bob Marley to tour with them. Mm -hmm. And Bob Marley took the tour. Yeah. True. Well, the next time a Jamaican artist did that was Shabarangs. Mm. Yeah, that was an experience, man. But the whole mm. I remember even Shabba's um Bobby Brown's dancers. Mm -hmm. The only time Bobby Brown crew 
saw them was when it's time to perform. They were all around us. Okay. Once we got to the next city, mm-hmm. they dropped the bags at the hotel, they find us. So they were all around us. And muscle, mm-hmm. um, for, the, um, for, the, for the life that we lived on, mm-hmm. on Shabbat stores. Yeah. Remember, you know, when we, when we get to a city, Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some Shabarans jacket that we had on. Mm-hmm. Once we get to a city and people saw us in those jackets, mm-hmm. we, the band members, became such stars just by wearing the Shabarans jacket because they, they realized that, yes, Shabba is in town. Mm-hmm. And people would just walk with us. If we take a walk to the mall, they would just walk with us from the mall, come to our hotels. Okay. Um, and remember, you know, we are young men at the time, mm-hmm. and the ladies are throwing themselves at us. <laughs> you know, we can't leave out that muscle. I just part of the thing. Shaba was such. Yeah. This guy was such a sex symbol to the ladies mm-hmm. out there. Shaba ranks. Because mm-hmm. you notice, um, this interview is about me, but you see, Shaba ranks was a big part of my whole thing, so. Yeah. You know, we have to talk about that because we are a backing band. You know, Rough Cut is a backing band and Shaba was a big part of this. For sure. You see, even with that there now, I know there was the Bobby Brown tour, but there was another epic, epic part was when Shaba went to our senior hall. Were you at that oh, show there also? Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. That was. A, I'm going to give you a little story about that moment. Mm-hmm. To be honest, um, I didn't know about the Arsene Hall show. I didn't know about the Arsene Hall show. Mm-hmm. Um, we heard we were doing the Arsene Hall show. Um, you know, when I, when I actually get to know about the show, when we were actually at the venue, as in we were at Paramount Studios in Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and we did the rehearsal with our Maxi Priest, because mm-hmm. he was he was supposed to be doing the song that he did with Maxi, which was Oscar. Mm-hmm. Oscar. Me have the remedy for you. Me have the remedy. That was the song. Mm-hmm. Your body can lie to me. That song. So um, we did um, the rehearsals. And at that point, someone said, this is the most watched talk show in America. Mm-hmm. And they were talking about how many million people will be watching this show. And immediately I got nervous. <laughs> they are saying the whole America mm-hmm. is going to be seeing this. You know, and I was saying, wow! Mm-hmm. You know, so I didn't know the size, the magnitude show that I was doing until a little before the show. So we actually had a um, rehearsals and we uh, we, we, we did an ending for the song. Mm-hmm. We practiced a, an ending for the song. And while doing the song now live, there was showtime now. Um, I think Don King was being interviewed that night also. Okay. Yeah, it was it was a big moment, and 
when we did the song, I was so nervous that night that I remember I messed up the whole ending of the song. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt so bad when you finish. Mm -hmm. But to be honest, when we watched it back, it it didn't look so bad. So I end up ended up feeling a bit better, you know? <laughs> but that moment was another epic moment in my little career here as a little drummer, you know, coming out of the ghettos of Jamaica. No training, no school. That was a big moment. Mm -hmm. And we had, we had moments where we went to Africa. You know, we met Mandela. If you remember, when Mandela um, won that election, mm -hmm. he invited Chabarangs to, to come and perform for him. And we were there. And that was another moment. That's crazy. Um, we did shows with like, Whitney Houston, the Commodores in Africa. Mm -hmm. They had um, some big concerts in Africa where we did. We did a lot of shows. We did Japan over and over again, Europe over and over again. Um, I, I can't remember yeah. the continent that I haven't been there. I, I, I don't remember if there's any. All With the continent. I'm here. Huh? With Shaba at this time. With Shabarangs. With Shabarangs. You know, and I remember I've I've been to places where, you know, when you go to all places like Germany, mm -hmm. and you realize, say, yo, but they are Germany. Mm -hmm. These are places that me see on TV I hear about, and me actually there. Mm -hmm. And then, most of me realize, say, me I say to myself, say, but this is a one in a one. One once in a lifetime chance, mm -hmm. and then we realize me I go there again and again and again. I'm say, wait, <laughs> it becomes the norm, you know. Wow. Yeah, yeah, we are go to these places, the Caribbean, all over. And Shaba, this man, he did some things I remember in the muscle mm -hmm. when we go to a Caribbean um country and we arrive. It come like the show is at the airport, you know. The people actually came to the airport to see Shaba arrive, you know. And this happened every time mm -hmm. we go to these Caribbean islands. The Bahamas, Trinidad. Oh my God, man. Shaba was such a, 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 a girl's man. I remember we went to to Trinidad, and this is a little thing I have to tell you. Mm -hmm. After we left Trinidad, it came in the papers in Trinidad um, that they had never seen so many condoms in a hotel. <laughs> <laughs> it's all a way, it's all a way muscle, but these are the things that were happening what? when you are talking about a Shabbat. The yeah. lady just Throw themselves at you. And remember, as I said, we are young, mm -hmm. energetic mm -hmm. kids out there, new on the road. So all these things are happening. You know, you just I, 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 I leave it, mm -hmm. you know. And the, the hotels that Shabba stayed in, I remember I'm in a hotel and when I'm walking in the lobby, when me look, me see truck narrative, I walk, I come toward me. 
you know, these are the, the company that we were in. You're not playing for Shabarangs. You know, you're playing a Prince nightclub and when you look Prince up there, so mm. in a venue and when you look Mike Tyson in a the venue, Kaimo and Shabba. Mm. And you remember this Mr. Ugly Man thing where happened. Yeah. Mr. Ugly Man in Living Colors. Mm -hmm. All of the talk shows, them people are talking about Shabarangs. This is something where Jamaica never see yet. A little Jamaican youth, Shabarangs out of Seaview Garden. You know, you know, these things we never see it yet. Yeah. And and I'm there living it with him. That's you know? crazy. That's a crazy part that you got to experience all of this basically on one of your first times out because this is early in your career. Early. Very mm -hmm. early. Very early. Mm -hmm. And as I as I said, you have to about 18, 19 now coming mm -hmm. up, you understand? And um Shaba, Shaba, there's so much yeah. to talk about this guy. And, you know, he, he, he was so encouraging, even with us, the musicians, you know? Mm -hmm. We as youth out there, and, you know, he could have drawn the big top musicians. Mm -hmm. You know, he drew for us. Yeah. Some little 18-year-old, Richie Stevens, I remember at the time, I said, yo, them little youth are bad, mm -hmm. you know? And in those times, as a little youth out there with Shabarangs, I remember anywhere Shabba going. Mm -hmm. You talk about me personally now, different from the other band members. Mm -hmm. If I go to Brooklyn, go do something, I'm going to go over there, so go make an appearance, I'm going to do an interview. If not, I leave Jummy. Okay. Jummy, I'm looking at you to him a par with. Mm -hmm. When me in the hotel, there are no, there are no shows, you know. I up a shabba room there. Mm. Me and shabba apart because me I'm youth, me I'm like a youth, mm -hmm. you know. And that was nice. Um, I remember when we we we, we leave Jamaica you now and and reaching at the hotel and we have a link up like we have a start a tour you now. Mm -hmm. You remember those chains that shabba used to wear? Yeah, he, right. he, he would just take them off him neck and throw them around drummy neck because I'm like a soldier, you know. Yeah, and remember those times when Shabago anywhere Shabago in is a lemon. Mm -hmm. That's a life Shaba used to be living, you know. So, I mean, that jumping at the label and more time with the all because I remember I've had friends from my community you now who are living in Brooklyn or the Bronx, and me only hear Shaba say, Yo, we have got Bronx, you know. Come and look at your man, me in the vehicle with him, and we call up all some of my friends, man. You know, the whole experience there was second to none, man. Shabba ranks, man. Yeah. This man was so huge, man. Anywhere, Shabba. All right. I can't remember in the most. You stand up in a place like Alabama. Mark, now you're in New York, where you're in the Bronx and Brooklyn and Jersey, the tri state area. Mm -hmm. That that is expected where you know see a lot of Jamaicans and a lot of when you go to places like Alabama, Minneapolis, Ohio, and those places, and when we depend on the tour bus and Shabba take a walk, say I'm walking at the mall. Mm -hmm. We had to become security for Shabba now because crazy. A, a, a problem in him, him, him can walk in peace. 
And you talk about white people, you know. Mm-hmm. You talk about white people, we not just black people, and we are saying, yo, this man here, trust me, man. Hmm. That was an experience. You fly from plane from, from New York to Japan with Shabba, and just to Shabba upon the flight. In band member them get upgraded to first class. Okay. Because of Shabba ranks here tour with and Shabba group, the pilot come on the intercom and let the, the, the rest of passengers know that we're flying with Shabba ranks today. Mm. Th- those things, yeah. you know, yeah. big man, huge this man. Is a, this is an international megastar. This isn't just a, a superstar um, or some man um, on the corner. This is a right. megastar. And I'm going to tell you something. Remember, you know, you have Shaggy mm. right now who is selling down the place mm-hmm. in terms of moving units. Mm-hmm. You have Sean Paul, mm-hmm. you know, who set, sold big in, in reggae dance hall. But Shabba, Shabba Ranks, he got two Grammys. Mm-hmm. Um, he sold gold. And yet still, up to today, I haven't seen a star, mm-hmm. so to speak, like at Shabba Ranks. Mm-hmm. The, the, the presence that Shaba had in this business. Mm-hmm. No one, anywhere, Shaba ranks. Even today, as we speak, because mm-hmm. anywhere mm-hmm. Shaba going up to today, day, is rough cut backing. Okay. Where the band, up to today, yeah. is rough cut. And it's the same impact mm-hmm. you have when Shaba walk out on a stage. I rem- I re- and um, going back, I remember we did. Um, um, Brixton Academy mm-hmm. in England with Shabarangs. And I, um, trust me, the line, just the line from sound check. We were at the sound check checking. Mm-hmm. And the line went around the building, you know, and connect again in a muscle <laughs> to Shabba, you know. Yeah. And I say, yo, this man, when, yo, the man was, you know, when, and then back in Jamaica, we would we come home and we would do shows like Sunsplash. Yes. With the elevator carry them up in the ear. We can mm-hmm. learn them things you know, and bring them to mm-hmm. Jamaica. And mm-hmm. trust me, man. To show you how this man was such a huge person, even in his home, Jamaica, his, his own country, Jamaica. I remember I'm in my community, Sandy Park. I went out on a little bike, a friend of mine bike, and I rode out and I came back and I saw the the, 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 the place. Everybody were out of their houses and I'm wondering what's happening. And somebody said to me, Drummer, a shop around come check you, you know. Okay. And I said, Where is it? <laughs> and when I actually came and saw Shaba, trust me. And do at the Shabbat that when me play for and me run him every day. Mm-hmm. Me start sweat because me say, yo, because <laughs> I am look at drummer and him decide now, say, I come check him, drummer. Him surprised yeah. me, I find where me live. Mm-hmm. And come check me. And there were two churches in my community. There are two churches mm-hmm. the pastor, the church sisters and brothers. Everybody ran out the church mm. to come see Shabbat ranks. The old, the young, the baby, you name it. It was like, 
Trust me, it was crazy that night, man. Mm -hmm. Crazy. He just passed through and come check me because if you remember, he had this Benz that he got at the time where it was custom built and it was the yeah. talk talked about at the time. It was talked. Mm -hmm. talk, everybody were talking about Shabarang's Benz at the time. And when the man drove down in my community and come check my man that night. Mm -hmm. Trust me. Trust me, man. So this guy, Shabba did some things, man. Where, trust me. Mm -hmm. Even in his own Jamaica. Anywhere the man stand up, anywhere he went at the time, even today, mm -hmm. anywhere this man goes. You know? Phenomenal. His presence is felt. Yeah. You know? Because you guys and, did all of these great stuff with him, did the tour and everything. So when did it start to slow down with you guys now? Okay, um, and and remember, I you know all this time we were touring with Chaban. You, know, mm -hmm. you had Richie Stevens, mm -hmm. Patra, Mad Mad Cabra, Ghost mm -hmm. and Culture, opening the shows. You know, they were like the opening acts. You know, was Bounty so on team it at this time here on too? the road? Big tour. Was Bounty on it at this no, time also? No, no, okay, there was no. No bounty at that time. Yeah. No, but bounty came in at a later date. Got you. Okay. Um, re, um, I remember because in 1993, mm -hmm. I, if you remember in Jamaica at that point, when you have a big bike mm -hmm. in that time riding, it's like you're the man. It's a big thing. Yes. So when an artist break out that time. It wasn't a car he would buy. Mm -hmm. He would buy a bike. Yes. You know? So all the artists, Tiger, Papa Sand them, you know, Ninja them, bike them, and, you know? Yeah. So I decided on buying a bike. Mm. And I bought a bike. And after, right after the Bobby Brown tour, mm -hmm. I remember, um, I think it was the January I was riding in Jamaica and I met in a terrible accident. Whoa. You know, I almost lost my life. Wow. As a matter of fact, one of the media outlets um brought it that I was I I was dead. <laughs> what? You know? It was Yeah, so I broke my jaw. My jaw was broken. Mm -hmm. You know? And I was in the hospital for a while. And you know. That was a down moment, you know, in 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 the career. You know what had happened. Uh, what had happened in the accident there? Oh, um, you know, I was coming up um Hope Road, um, coming from Jamaica House side, King's House side, and I was coming up, and a car came out mm. on me, and you know, because as you know, those bikes are very fast. Mm -hmm. And I was riding very hard coming up the road, you know, and the car came out and bumped. Wow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, that was a, a down moment. Broke my jaw. I did um different surgeries to correct it. Okay. Even though I had a problem with my speech, but, you know, that was a down moment, you know, and it took me off, off the road for a, a, a little while, you know, mm -hmm. with Shabba, but... 
bounced back, came back, and, you know, up and running again. And, you know, so by this time now, Muscle, mm -hmm. um, Shaba was invited to this, um, to do this interview in England. Yes. I think it was the top of the pops. Mm. So um, we perf we performed first, and then Shaba would have done an interview. Mm. Now, after the performance, we were backstage and we were listening to the interview. Specialist manager, Banke, the band, everybody were backstage, and Shaba was doing the interview. By this time, um, Bujo, Bujo, um, you know, Bujo came out and was tearing down the place, you know? And if you remember the song, Boom Bye Bye, mm -hmm. you know? So, um, while Shaba was doing the interview, um, the guy asked Shaba a question, mm. you know? Um, he played um, Bujo's song and, you know, I heard when Shaba was saying, you know, well, the Bible said, whatever, and, you know, man must not whatever with a man, and, you know? Yeah. But I was backstage at the time, and as far as I know what Shaba was saying at the time, I'm a Jamaican, and that's what I grew up hearing, so... Got you. I, I actually was saying what Shaba said, yeah. I didn't know that it would have been so detrimental to to his career, you know? You know, because when he spoke the night, I heard um, even the person who was interviewing him, you know, got up and said, Shaba, you're talking crap, you know? And I was saying, but wait, what Shaba said, I saw me know the thing on, you know? By the next mor morning, every Shaba album songs were coming off the shelves. What? You know, mm -hmm. Shaba shows were being cancelled left, right, and center. You know, and mm -hmm. from there it was like a little downhill. The thing, you know, the thing take time going down with touring, but you know, mm -hmm. and it take time break away, break away. Um. Oh, I, oh I, I have to say this. Mm -hmm. um, at one point, as you know, Dr. Paul now was the leader of the band. Yeah. At that point, and bass player leader of the band. And um, I remember him saying he wants to take his band off the road, you know, mm -hmm. with Shabarangs. And we were there at this point. We were there and we were saying, you know, um, Dr. Paul was like king to us mm -hmm. because, you know, he came from Rhythm Kings and we were little kids watching him and then we ended up in the same band with him, mm -hmm. playing for him. So he was like a king to us, you know? Mm -hmm. So he said he's going to take his band off the road and we realized that he had a problem, a little problem with management. We don't know the problem that they had. Mm-hmm. But um, he just said he was going to take his band off the road. When he said it to us, we, uh, we all said it. You know, we were skeptic, but it's Dr. Paul said, so mm. we have to go with it, you know? Yeah. But um, at that point, 
my roommate on tour was Colin White, which which is the guitarist. Okay. And Nigel, the keyboard player, he he used to um Prince was his roommate, the lead singer. Mm. And I remember I was in my room and it's like I couldn't sleep the night. Mm. But when I look over the guitarist bed, yeah. he can't sleep neither, you know, it's like <laughs> something about him. Yeah. So he got up and he said to me, um, Dr. Paul said something, you know, and what do you think, and, mm -hmm. and then I mean, I said, boy, I mean, I like that, you know, mm -hmm. because most at this point, you know, I was just, remember now, you know, you get your break you now and things are happening, mm -hmm. lick down my mother's whole house you now and start build up, mm -hmm. you know, because me I impressed mommy, mommy, I want to build up house you now for my mommy and start build up my mother's house and things, and mm. it's tour all those monies coming from. For sure. So, the fact that you're going to take me off a tour now, and me a tour with the biggest artist out of Jamaica at the time, mm -hmm. I couldn't understand that. You know, so when Colin get up and he said to me, say, I'm not feeling this, you know, I said, I'm not feeling it neither. You know? okay. So we took up our phone and called over the next room, which is Prince and staff who are rooming. Mm-hmm. And we are say staff, only thing, and they are thinking the same thing we are thinking. Got you. So at that point, Dr. Paul called a meeting with Shabarang's management. We went in the meeting, mm -hmm. and that's when Dr. Paul knew that he is the only person leaving. We are not moving. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And we are not moving, you know? Mm -hmm. So at that point, we made up our mind to get ourselves a bass player. Mm -hmm. Dr. Paul walked through that door, and we didn't see him for years after that. What? He was so upset. Yeah. You know? And immediately, we sprang into action. We went back to Jamaica. So um, if, I don't know if you remember this band, Bloodfire Posse. Of course. With top and top top them. Yes, man. Those people were part of my influence growing up also, mm -hmm. you know? And Benji, who is our now bass player, was a part of Bloodfire okay. as the bass player. So um, at that point, Bloodfire, nothing was happening at that point. The band was like, nothing's happening. And um, I remember Colin White, who now became the band leader. Yeah. Um, said, um, you know, we have to look for Benji from Bloodfire. Hmm. And uh, immediately as he said Benji from Bloodfire, he said, yo, right away. Hmm. So um, I remember we went to Benji's house. We told him and he was ready. So he was like from his house, straight to rehearsal, straight on tour. So the first time Shabarangs was seeing Benji, mm -hmm was on his first show on a tour that we were doing with Chaba. But mm -hmm. I'm going to tell you something. While we were playing, and Dr. Paul was the band leader, remember now, you know, me and staff were young mm -hmm. members, and we had fresh ideas that we wanted to, to, to use, but we couldn't because Dr. Paul was the band leader, and what he says goes. 
For sure. He was the band leader, he was the director. And at that time, if you can remember when Rhythm Kings and Sagittarius are playing, you mix and you one drop and that mm -hmm. was it. But we had some other things that we wanted to do and we couldn't get to do it. Okay. So as great as Dr. Paul was, when he left, it was like a blessing in disguise. Got you. Because me have something in me know when we want bring mm -hmm. another thing. <laughs> so Dr. Paul left and Benji came in now and Benji fit right in. We went to rehearse. Mm -hmm. I remember we rehearsed at a studio that um, was Jimmy Cliff's okay. studio. Mm -hmm. one, of, one of Jimmy Cliff's studios. And we rehearsed Benji getting ready. Went on tour. I remember the night Shaba was performing and said, boy, he come like Dr. Paul. Still there because the music not changed. Mm -hmm. You know? So after that was Shaba experience now, I remember Shaba wasn't touring like that. I remember Shaba went on a tour mm -hmm. and he went with a sound system. Okay. Yeah. And at that point, we started saying, because remember, no one as bad as Rough Cut was, mm -hmm. we were always on tour with Shaba. So Jamaica now, not getting the chance to really see us. Got you. So we came back to Jamaica. And we started playing at um, this club at the time called Mirage mm. Nightclub. Um, it was in Ligani, mm -hmm. close to where I live, Sovereign Center, Ligani. Um, this club had televisions in the ground. You were walking on televisions. This, this was something that no one had ever mm -hmm. seen. You know, it was a big club and they started keeping shows. So we were like playing for Spraga Benz. Okay. Any artist performing in the club. We were we became the house band because we came back to Jamaica and started. We have to build over the name Rough Cut from scratch. Yeah. So I remember the um Bounty Killer was to perform at that venue. And we were the backing band for him the night. And I remember at the rehearsal, Nigel, the keyboard player, didn't even get to make the rehearsal because he had something that he had to be doing at the time. Mm -hmm. And so we rehearsed Bounty Killer without a keyboard player. Mm. And I remember when we were rehearsing, rehearsing nice, and I remember boom down the mind. Mm -hmm. Look at Killer and say to Killer, that bunny a body, man. <laughs> And killer turned to him and said, I don't know, man, Shabba man, you know? Mm. That's what Bounty said. Yeah. And I remember, because you remember that, them times, you know, the war going on with him and Beanie. Okay, at this time here now. Right. And I mm. remember Bounty Killer tear down the place, man, mm. the night. Bounty Killer mash up the club the night. Beanie was there the night watching the performance. Okay. You know? And at that particular night, Bounty announced it, <laughs> that this is my new band, Rough Cut. Mm -hmm. So by the morning, every newspaper, mm -hmm. Bounty, Killer, and the Rough Cut band, everywhere you go, by this time, no Shaba was in the States. Mm -hmm. And I remember Shaba kind of got upset because <laughs> Bounty made that announcement. It, not even us, the band members, knew that was going to happen. Yeah.
This podcast is brought to you by www.twolinedmusichut.com.